Greetings and welcome to Visibility with your host, Dr. Donna Maria Culbreth. You may call us to share your thoughts, pose a question, or to give a general comment by dialing area code 323-642-1562. And now, Dr. Culbreth. Greetings and welcome to Visibility with your host, Dr. Donna Maria Culbreth. You may call us to share your thoughts, pose a question, or to give a general comment by dialing area code 323-642-1562. And now, Dr. Culbreth. Greetings, listeners. I do hope that you can hear me. For some reason, we're experiencing terrible technical difficulties. So I'm going to try and call our guest, Ms. Scott Coleman, again. And it's something with Block Talk Radio, so please be patient with me. Yes. Hello? Okay, you're live. Can you hear me clearly? Yes, I can. Great. Okay, listeners, forgive us for the technical difficulties, but with a block talk, radio technical issue. This is Dr. Culbreth, and I'm coming to you live, everyone, as we do every Wednesday with Visibility Talk Radio. And tonight, we have an outstanding topic and a wonderful guest. Tonight, we're going to talk about girls of color, basically embracing our differences when it comes to physical differences or disabilities. So tonight, my guest, Ms. Brenda Scott Coleman, who is the author of Brendy, A Child Who Survived on Bookmarks, and The Girl With Many Faces, for discussion on physical differences and disabilities and how they affect children psychologically, emotionally, physically, and socially. Now, topics that we're going to focus in on tonight are going to include how being treated differently by other children when a child has a physical difference, how that treatment can actually affect their levels of self-esteem, self-love, self-identity, self-respect, and self-pride. Um, we're going to talk about love and nurturing, teachers and family, and commu- people in the community, community members, rather. We're going to talk about medical care, adversity, race and color. We're going to focus in on paper dolls, on creating your world, bookmarks, on having faith, making friends, and inner beauty, among other topics. This discussion is also going to focus on Ms. Scott Coleman's best-selling book, Girls, The Girl with Many Faces, which is a children's book about a little girl with physical differences. And then we're also going to focus on her other book, Brindy, A Child Who Survived on Bookmarks. 
and we're going to learn how Brandy survived, quote, the school days and that were hell and hospitals that became heaven, end quote. So let me share Ms. Scott Coleman's bio with you, and then we'll get into the show. Ms. Brenda Scott Coleman is a retired international trade specialist and a designer of chain dolettes. It's a unique earring for women who could not wear traditional earrings. In addition to being the, um, the ear, developing earrings, as I noted earlier, she's written two books. And we're going to discuss both of those books tonight in detail. What's so important is that the most important goal in life for Ms. Scott Coleman now is to reach out to children with differences and praying that her stories will be an inspiration to them. She also hopes that her stories will teach children that we are all different in our own way. Good evening and welcome, Ms. Scott Coleman. How are you tonight? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you, and I thank you very much for inviting me. Yes, it's indeed an honor, and um, I think it's so important. I read both of your books, and I found them so interesting and encouraging, and I can just imagine a little child holding the girl with many faces in her hands and reading it. The book was outstanding. Thank you. Thank you. Before we go into talking about the the books in detail, would you share with our listeners your story about growing up with a facial difference? I certainly will. I'll be more than happy to. And I would like to begin by saying that as a child, I was a girl of color with a physical difference, a difference that happened when I was an infant riding in a car that stopped suddenly. And I fell forward, and my chin hit the dashboard. When I was about nine months old, my family noticed that my jaw was not developing, and my teeth were clenched so tight that a spoon could not fit. As I grew grew older and saw my face in a mirror, I saw a face that looked like Bugs Bunny with protruding teeth and no chin. I hid my face in public with my hand or a handkerchief. My school days were quite challenging. I grew up in a white community in western Pennsylvania, and I attended a predominantly white school. It was sometimes quite a challenge. I was called the ugliest girl in the school. At times, it was difficult for me to distinguish if the name calling was about my color or my facial injury. Now, in thinking back, it must have been the injury because I have always loved my color. I would not be here this evening if it wasn't for the love and support 
of my family. My grandmother called me her pretty little Brandy instead of saying Brenda. My mother comforted me by telling me that one day I would have my jaw fixed and I would look like the other little girls. From that day on, I began imagining how I would look with my face fixed and would cut out those pretty little girls from Sears catalogs. And I would color their faces to look just like me. And I would carry those paper dolls to school every day and place them in each of my books. When kids would make fun of me, I would look at that paper doll, and it became my bookmark of hope because it gave me the confidence that I needed and the courage to face, my, to face any situation with comfort. Over the years, I have had over 25 surgeries. My rib became my chin, and the bone from my hip became my jaw. My face is not perfect, but I have learned to live with being different. Thank you so so much for listening to my story. You know, and I want to say, Miss Scott Coleman, thank you so very much for sharing your story. It's very moving, very emotional, and at the same time, it serves like a beacon to say to other young, especially little girls, especially of color, that you can overcome the adversity, that you can survive, and to be strong and to pull through. My question to you first is, when you were dealing with the adversity, especially with how other children treated you, other than the paper dolls, how did you cope? Well, it was very, very difficult. Um, I was always very self-conscious. There were times that I would look in the mirror and I would see myself and I would see myself as being ugly just as the other children had seen me. And, and I learned that beauty is only skin deep. And that's whenever I started to look at people as being beautiful, and I would start smiling at everyone. I would care for so many children that were worse off than me. For example, when I was in a hospital for years at a time, I became the nurse's helper. I would help the nurse feed other children. I would read bedtime stories to them. So I think in life, 
I have survived because I have helped others. And I think that a little bit of pain and suffering in anyone's life, I think it makes them a better person because I think in life that's what happened to me. And that's why I feel good about myself. Um, uh, Sometimes I just get speechless because of um, the many things that I've gone through in life. But uh, as an adult, I still uh, live by bookmarks. but now it is the bookmark of faith that continues to give me that confidence. Mm-hmm. I was able to, I have, I have been married. I've, well, I lost my husband. I have children. I have grandchildren. I had a terrific job. I traveled all over the world. I was always a manager. I, um, I received the department's highest medal, which was a bronze medal. And so I've been very happy with my life. And I encourage those young, the young girls out there of color that have physical differences, that keep on living. Keep on living because you're beautiful. You're beautiful. And keep thinking that you're beautiful, because beauty comes from within. You're right. You're, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. And I'll tell you something. With Well, we started with um, the National Girls and Women of Color Council. We have a division called I Am Beautiful Global. And one of our themes with the girls, for young girls and preteens and teens, is that we teach them that beauty is within and to let your inner beauty radiate on the outside. Because it is that inner beauty in the end that makes the biggest difference. And I believe, Absolutely. like you know, you know the, the inner beauty, that's what helped. So what I wanted to ask is, when you talk about the bookmark of hope, can you give us more details as to your bookmark and how that helped you um, endure and continue to keep going on when you were a child? Okay, as a child, my mother, who was my comforter, would repeatedly say to me, Brenda, one day you're going to have your jaw fixed. One day. And that gave me hope. So what I would do, I would cut out pretty little girls from the catalog and I would color their faces brown like me. And I would take those little paper dolls to school with me every day. And I would place a doll in each one of my books. And every time someone would, every time a child would stare at me or look at me or, or, or make fun of me, I would look at that little bookmark, and that bookmark would give me the confidence that I needed, and I would be able 
to function like any other child. I can give you an example. I was very good in spelling. So it came time for the spelling bee. And I said, oh, as much as I wanted to be in that spelling bee, I was ashamed to stand before the class. And so I said, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? So I looked at my little paper doll, my bookmark of hope, and I looked at that little girl's pretty face. And I said, you know, I'm going to imagine I have that pretty face. And I walked up there in front of the class, and guess who was number one in the spelling bee? It was me. But if it wasn't for that little bookmark, I don't think I would have had the courage. Wow, that's amazing. Now, let me ask you, how could bookmarks, help young girls today who are dealing with, say, physical differences, or the, with, especially with their faces, how could that message and using that, I, I would call it technique, how would that help? Do you think it would help them today? Do you think it would have the same effect? Well, I have a bookmark that I have designed, and I usually give it to to libraries and churches to give to children who are different. Mm-hmm. And the book and the bookmark reads as for those who are different. Have you been teased? I have been teased. But being different makes you special. And I usually give these bookmarks because I think if children have a child with a physical difference has this little bookmark in their book, and they look at that little bookmark when they open their book and they see for those who are different, have you been teased? Have you been taunted? I have been teased. I have been taunted. Being different makes you special. So I think those bookmarks do provide some comfort to children who are being teased and who are being and who are different. I think that's that's beautiful because that is something that's definitely needed, especially to boost their self esteem and their pride, you know, especially that self respect because that's so important especially when you're dealing with adversity, especially with the physical difference. Because as you and I noted, we had our conversation um, last week, I told you about the little girl who had the issues and and how she felt she was so distraught and right. did not want to come outside. And her mother just could not you know, embrace her to provide that understanding, that love, and that nurturing. So thank God your mother was ideal and helped you pull through, and with the bookmarks especially, that makes a big difference. And what I wanted to ask you is, why did you write The Girl with Many Faces? Why did I write The Girl with Many Faces? Was to help children. 
with differences who have no friends. And this story shows them how to make friends in a fun and an animated way. Now, by making friends is by smiling, caring, sharing, listening. Those were the techniques that I even used when I was a child. Those are, that is making friends. It's not your outward beauty, how you look. It's the things that you do, that, like sharing with other children. Or if you see another child that has a, has a difference, you'll be able to embrace them and help them. And you know what, I think also that your message is so important because I fell in love with your book. Um, Thank the Girl with you. I fell in love. I sat here and I read it. And then, you know, I went downstairs, I cooked dinner, and I came back, I sat down, and I read it again. And it was such a beautiful story. It's so enlightening. And I think that it's important. And I noticed you, you talked, when we spoke early, you talked about how you go to schools and you speak to students and share um, the book with them. What is their reaction when they when they find out that you were Brindy and they see read then you read the book with them? Okay, uh, well, I'll read the story, uh, the girl with many faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, to let's say grades from one to about five. And when I'm reading the book, I'm I'm more or less to have little um, animated pictures of the characters in the book. So while I'm reading the book, they're also holding up the characters. But uh, at the end of the story, I'll ask them, I'll say, uh, Brindy, I said, do you know who Brindy may be? And they'll look around. I said, I'm Brindy. And the reaction... Some of the children, well, Brindy on the picture looks like a little potato. So they'll Mm -hmm. say, you don't look like a potato. You're beautiful. (laughs) I said, oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) That is so sweet. (laughs) That is amazing. Because you know what I noticed the way, and I'm not going to give away all the the details of the book because I want people to actually buy the book and read it. And here's the thing, listeners. I would not expect you, or I don't think Ms. Scott Coleman would expect you to buy the book just because a child has a physical difference. This is good for parents to read, to give to their children to read, so they will learn how to embrace other children who have differences. And, you know, Ms. Scott Coleman, one thing which I've noticed in this world that we live in is that people can, adults, can be so cruel, so judgmental on looking at it. I've been in like situations or you just, you know, this is just in general in life where you would hear people say such mean spirited things about another human being. And these are adults doing this. And I would always say to myself, now if a child heard them speaking in that manner about another adult, that gives that kid that, that, that leeway, that freedom to say, well, I can do the same thing to another child. And I think right. that as adults, we have to be careful what we say 
how we say it and how we act, how we actually act, interact, and react to others who do have physical differences. Right, right. Is that so important? I think what happens is that, and as you know, we, we spoke earlier, I know it was such a cruel world that we live in, and people can be so mean, but the girl with many faces, in my opinion, is something that I think adults can learn from as well. They Absolutely. Can learn, you know, and also so- other mm-hmm. children, because this teaches children not to judge friends by the way they look. That's right. And it also that- teaches them if a child is different, they can still be their friend. That's right. It is so important. And I just loved the beginning of the book. And and I can tell you, and I'm just going to say this one little section and that's it. Because I want everyone to really buy the book and read it. What made it so beautiful was how you started, you know, the story off. And how Monday was in the picture. And then you went oh, on. Oh, yes. That was just, that grabbed me, that caught me. I'm like, wow, this is dynamic. And the flow is what makes it so perfect, the way you put this together so well. So I think think adults would need to read this book for themselves first, pass it on to their children, because it's just like we noted um, earlier when we spoke, um, the little girl that I told you about who was dealing with issues because she had a physical difference with her face. In that particular situation, when the little girl was taunted, when she was teased, it, it was like, so what, get over it, deal with it. And oh. I think I think her life would have been happier. And I'm, I'm glad that the social services you know, stepped into the picture to help her out. But I do believe that maybe... If her mom was able to read The Girl with Many Faces, it would have helped her understand because sometimes I think as adults, we forget what children actually do go through. We may say, oh, I know, but imagine a little girl like yourself, for example, going through that and how you found that strength through your bookmarks, the paper dolls, to... It's like you created your own little world, and that helped you pull you through and helped you survive. Absolutely. And I'm thinking with that little girl that perhaps something like this would have – and I, like, I, I promised you if I can get back in touch with them and definitely make sure that, she communic- that they communicate with you and you share your story in the book. Because without children and, – and here's the other thing, listeners especially, when we talk about girls of color – Girls of color automatically have unique needs and unique experiences. Often their voices are not heard. They're deemed invisible. They're never included as they should be in mainstream dialogues. So imagine this. There's a little girl of color who's already being treated differently, and then she has a physical difference. So imagine the disparate treatment that could possibly go on, especially now in, the, in this time and age of the millennium. So yeah. – this is why I think the girl with many faces is so important today, especially for little girls of color. There was something the other day, and I cannot remember if it was on television, if I saw it on, on the internet, 
where someone was talking about girls of color and how they always have to go through so much, even as children, that by the time they're teenagers, by the time they're teenagers, they've experienced so much more than girls, especially little black girls. They've experienced so much more than little girls from other groups have experienced in life. Right. So when, so when we look at, you know, Brindy, we look at the girl with many faces, the storyline, how it begins, the middle and the end. It was like never a dull moment where you wanted to sit on the edge of your seat at every, every moment as you're reading the book. And what made it so beautiful was that she had a kind, a good heart, and she was a good soul. And her inner beauty, you know, was so there, was like just radiating on the outside. And that's what made the story so beautiful. So I must tell you, congratulations on writing an awesome book. I think this is something that they should use in the school systems all across the United States and even abroad because books like this, help children embrace differences, learn to embrace diversity. And it also teaches them, you know, compassion, I think, also. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, I I agree with you. I think that uh, children, uh, not only with differences, mm-hmm. but you find children, I can give you an example at one of my book uh, signings, uh, this uh, mother came up, and she was of Asian descent. And she looked at the book, The Girl with Many Faces, and she said, you know, this is a perfect book for my son. You don't realize how many children of foreign descent are teased in school because they look different. It doesn't have to be like a a disability. Mm -hmm. That's right. I'm sorry. No, no, that's right. I said you're right. Mm -hmm. So she was so, as a matter of fact, what she did, she didn't buy just one book. She bought five or six of them because she said that she was going to distribute them to other children of Asian descent. Because so that right there is just not for children with disabilities. That's right. And it also would be good as well. We do a lot of work with colorism and teaching young girls of color to embrace and love the color of their skin. Because as for our listeners, there's a you know big issue with colorism among people of color, but it's much more prominent within the black community. And Absolutely. Been so, right. And one of the reasons why I started getting into girls and women of color and really put my colorism research on hold was because through interviewing young girls, their parents, their moms, and just talking to young women in general, they were, they were dealing with so many issues because of the color of their skin, the shape of their noses, the texture of their hair. And the color, colorism and the colorism complex can really affect color. Um, right, girls so severely where it can be issues for them psychologically, emotionally, physically, and especially socially. So I think 
The girl with many faces would also be good to help them when they're dealing with colorism issues, when they're being teased and taunted. There was an instance um, with a young girl, and I've told this story before in the air, when my neighbor's granddaughter, who was a brown-skinned little girl, a beautiful child, and she would always talk to me, saying, Miss Donnie, you know, the kids at school tease me. They tell me that I stayed in the – no, she said it was a light-skinned boy at school. That's how she described him. And the uh-huh. other kids chimed in. They would call her, I think she said, Mooley Marble. Oh, my goodness. And yeah, they did. And then they started saying to her, you know, you stayed in the oven too long. <gasps> oh, my and, goodness. You know, and she was 10 years old. She was a very intelligent, very bright little girl. And she would come to me and talk to me. And, and I said to her one day, I said, well, what do you say to the little boy who keeps telling you that you stayed in the oven too long? And did you ask him what does he mean when he says that to you? And her response was, Miss Donna, because I'm dark. See how dark I am? My arm does look like it's been baked. So oh, my gosh. Had, and it was sad to see a little girl, you know, going through that. But what was the bigger issue for me? was that this little boy was saying such horrible things to her. Oh. And so finally, when he came out to me one day, I snatched him up. And his mother was getting out of the car, and I just explained to them, you know, about colorism and how oh. the psychological issues that young, you know, people, especially children, can develop where they'll start to dislike themselves. They'll think that they're ugly, they're not pretty, they're not acceptable. And I explained to the mom, and, you know, she, the mother was a little, she wasn't really, she was like a little disturbed at his behavior, but she did make him apologize. And she gave him a lecture right there about everybody's different, but being different is what makes us all so beautiful. So I think the girl with many faces would be good to explain to little girls, especially about colorism, because in my experiences, and interviewing um, and, and doing conducting research, I found so many little girls who just dealt with such um, what I would call terrible, terrible circumstances and were suffering because they believed, because their skin was dark. And then to add insult to injury, when you turn on the television, you weren't seeing little girls who were darker complexion. You would always see girls who were fairer skin or medium tone. And so when I started talking to the little girls more and more, and they started, I said, well, if you look at television, you see pretty little girls of color. And that's when she said to me, no, Miss Donna, you don't. You figure out, and she said to me, you find or tell me one TV show where you see a little girl that looks like me. So I think what we need to see is a, is a bigger shift you know, we've seen some changes in movies and shows, but we need a bigger shift where we see the all-inclusive, where they're embracing diversity from little girls, for little girls and even little boys from all ethnicities, races, you know, however they want to categorize themselves. Right. Skin colors, hair textures, other phenotypes being embraced. Because until we start moving in that direction, then little children, like you said, the little Asian boy, um, they are teased in school. I, I've even heard that, and I've witnessed that. These children are going to continue to grow up and think, well, I am so different. And they're going to think they're different in a negative way as opposed to being 
different in a positive manner. So I think the Girl with Many Faces can serve to help out in so many different areas. Because so many children of color think they are different because of their color. Exactly. That is so And true. the color, I as a child, I looked at my color as being a gift of God. Mm-hmm. So I was so, I loved my color. And I think children of color should be taught that. Right. That's right. But my physical, I mean, the way I was in the accident that I had, I looked at that as saying, oh, no, no, that's not God. But, of course, it could have been. You never know. I never know. But my, but my color, I was always so happy with. And, I, and, I, and so many black children or children of color should be taught that that's a gift. That's and they right. should be proud of their color. Mm-hmm. And, of so course, important. you have a disability, like a facial disfigurement on top of the color. I look at it as being, a, I guess, a double whammy, you know? That's true. That's, that's, and you know what? And I think sometimes, when we, especially when we start looking at little girls of color with physical differences, I think that is for them a double whammy because, remember, they already have those unique needs and experiences. And uh-huh. there, are, there are times when, you know, they're marginalized, they're treated disparately, especially in school. They're penalized harsher than than other, you know, girls from other groups are, especially if their skin is, you know, a a darker hue. So I think when we start looking at the big picture and considering what the children go through, especially little girls of color, I think you're right. That double whammy is there. So this is why they need to be embraced. They need to be, um, you know, told that, you know, you are beautiful. And yes. even for even for the children whose physical appearances they cannot change and, and, and make different or make it the way they would want to look, I think it's important to to instill in those children as well. You're still beautiful. You know, you're a gift from God. You're God's masterpiece. And right. to teach them that that physical difference is not something that you allow yourself to allow yourself to you know to to hold yourself back. Um, it right. reminds me also, I watched the um, Ray Charles story and how when he was a child, I think he fell into a, something, chemicals or bleach or something, and he became blind. But his mother, throughout his whole childhood, before she sent him to a special um, school, I think, his mother always, you know, instills in him, like your mom, that, you know, you're strong, that you don't let oh. this hold you back in life. And I think that's important because if we look at him and his success, he he made it. And he didn't let that's him being blind keep yeah. him you know, limited. And I think it's important to say to children, especially with physical differences, despite the cruel world that we live in, if we instill in those children a strong sense of self, you know, the self-pride, the esteem, the respect, and especially an identity, I believe if we do that, then those young people can grow up and become, you know, whatever they would want to become in life. That the only limitations that exist for them are the ones that they allow others to impose on them because of the physical difference. What do you think? Right. So 
I think it's just um, it's interesting, but what I wanted to ask you also, you noted on page 55 of Brindy, A Child Who Survived on Bookmarks, that you always uh-huh. attended predominantly white schools. And you said you sometimes thought that some of the hardships that you faced were not always caused by your affliction, but because maybe because you were black or you were black. Do you still believe that, or do you think maybe it was the affliction, or do you think it was a combination of both? Okay, in the predominantly white school, mm-hmm. I thought it was my injury, okay. not my color. Okay. But. Now, how did, okay. No, go ahead. No, no, I want you to finish, please. I'm sorry. Okay, in the predominantly white school, I thought it was when they were, when I was called ugly. Mm-hmm. I always thought that it was my injury because again, right. I would always think my color was so beautiful because that's how my grandmother looked at me as having a I was a pretty little girl. So my color was always to me so beautiful. But whenever I was around black children mm-hmm. and I was called ugly, I knew it was not a racial in, uh, issue. I just knew it was my injury. I didn't look at it as a racial issue for black or white. Okay, good, good. Now, when children would say things to you like they they that they, they, you were ugly, how did you react? Do you recall? How did I react? Yes. Would you say I, anything back to them? No, I just hid my he- face with my hand, and I used to carry a handkerchief, and I would hide my face, and. That's the only way I really survived because I was a very shy little girl and when I was called ugly, I was just, at night I would go home and I would just cry and cry because I would tell my mom, Mom, am I ugly? Why are the kids? And my mom would tell me, Brenda, you're not ugly. You're beautiful. Everyone loves you. And my family did. They called me their little princess. So when I was Um, called ugly, once that I was home, no, 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 I was the pretty little Brindy. So I think that was comforting to me, and it helped me throughout my childhood by my family referring to me as being pretty little Brindy. And regardless of what the children said about me, but it still hurt me from within. It's hurt me. That's why I refer to my school days as being hell, and my mm-hmm. hospital days were like heaven. Because when I was in the hospital, I didn't have to hide my face because all the little children were different. Right. So, so let me, how old were you when you had your last surgery? Oh, my, I had my last surgery. Um, I was married and had children. Wow. 
And my last surgery had to have been in the 80s, 70s and 80s. And at that time, I had to have more of oral surgery, dental work, because, as I stated before, my mouth would not open. Uh, so, therefore, I had to have surgeries every two or three years because of my joints would tighten up, and I wouldn't be able to open my mouth. So those were the surgeries that I had as, adult, as an adult. And how did you feel after the final surgery? After the final surgery... I wasn't 100% pleased because I thought that my face would be perfect, but it wasn't. But I learned to live with my face looking as it does today. And I'm pleased because I felt that I, I feel that I've come a long way from a face without a jaw, without a chin. So I'm blessed that I do have a jaw and I do have a chin. Well, I will tell you this. I saw your, your photograph, as I noted with you last week. I think you're very pretty. You're a beautiful woman. Oh, thank and you. Thank you, are, you think so you're... very much. Yeah. I really, yeah. really appreciate that. Thank you. I'm... And God has truly blessed you, as he say, you know, he smiled on you, because to look at your photograph, you would never, ever believe that you were little Brindy. Oh, so, thank you. And, I, and, and also, what's so important, too, is that your inner beauty, even to this day, after you've had the surgeries and everything, your inner beauty continues to shine on the outside, because you have such a beautiful, beautiful soul. And that is what's so, that is so important. You really do, and and I think with and just talking to you like last week, and especially with the show today, I think it's so important when you have that inner beauty where it's just inside you, it just comes there naturally. It's like it's in the inner fabric of your being. That makes the difference. And when someone has such a beautiful soul, and you're sharing your experiences and what you went through, and you're thankful and grateful, and your faith kept you strong, that is. It's so important, and that makes a difference. And I think that's what helps with all that inner beauty that you have. Um, and it's and it's truly something. So I just want to say to you, first of all, congratulations on writing two phenomenal books. I think Thank it's you. so important, you know, that your story is told. And as I noted with you, as we start doing programs with girls um, here in New Jersey, I will definitely be contacting you to get cop by copies of the books to share with them because as I noted with you, um, an email with I Am Beautiful Global, we focus in on, you know, the foundation elements for girls of color, you know, basically go through the self-esteem, self-love, self-pride, and self-respect. But the right. one area, you know, that I think, uh, as I noted in the email to you, that we're, we're missing is the element on differences. That I think that is something we must include, and I would love to work with you on developing that element to include in there. Because without being that girls of color, like we noted earlier, go through so much. 
And I think it's important that we include that element of differences so that they can understand and embrace themselves and other girls of color, you know, as well. So I would love to work yeah. with you on that. Because, well, because your work, this, you don't know how much I love the girl with many faces. And well, thank I, you. And I really think you should write more books about the girl, the girl with many faces in different situations to really help inspire um, little girls. And even, as you noted earlier, not even just little girls of color, but little girls or little children, boys included, everywhere. Absolutely, absolutely. This could be a perfect little series. It would be ideal to help them as they go along. And especially for children who are like on the international side, because a lot of them are not as fortunate to be able to have surgeries, and a lot of them do have physical differences that they just have to live with the rest of their lives. And in yeah. some, and in some societies and other countries, they really ostracize them, especially the children. They don't. Some of them don't even go to school because That's of these physical right. differences. You know, so they live a life like basically in the shadows, thinking that, you know, I can't be around other people. I'm not acceptable. So right. I think, you know, the girl with many faces would be instrumental in helping them, um, even as they grow into adults, to say, okay, this is, a, you know, the hand of cards that I've been dealt. I'm not going to allow this to hold me back or make me right. think that I can't fit in. And then again, you know, because other cultures are different in other countries and they have their beliefs. But I think it's still important to instill into every human being that you're beautiful when you wake up and you look in the mirror in the morning. I'll take myself, for example, Ms. Scott Goldman. I look in the mirror in the morning, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can't stand the way you look. But here's the thing. We take what we have and we enhance what God has blessed us with. And we embrace it and we accept and say, okay. Absolutely. you know, this is who I am, and I think the girl with many faces, that's what it really does for everyone. Um, it's important. Now, let me, I want to ask you one more, another, a few more questions. When, based on your experiences growing up, and even as an adult, and in talking to children about Brindy, when, in your opinion, when children are ostracized and they're, you know, treated differently because of the physical differences, in your opinion, how does that affect them, like, psychologically, emotionally, physically, and socially? Well, I think that they become, number one, they become isolated. They want to be by themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be around people. Some of them, I think, become depressed. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm just thankful and blessed that as a child, I didn't face those challenges. And again, I think it's because of my family. Right. I knew my family loved me. And I only felt isolated and perhaps depressed was in a school setting environment. Now, let me ask you this. It just, you just uh, made a point come to mind. When you were in school and the other children treated you differently, did the teachers ever try to correct the behavior or did the teachers ever witness them doing this? 
You know, the teachers, for some unknown reason, I would say 90% of my teachers in elementary school, they favored me. They all, some of the children would even call me a teacher's pet. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the teachers would always want me to be the one to be the leader, even in games or whatever. So I never felt that toward the teachers. It was more of the students. Mm-hmm. But I think that's I, important. Yes, yes, very much so. I, um, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 please continue. Yes, and um, I can always recall that there was one teacher, I believed, you know, just one, whereby... I had, it was required for all the students to play a flute. And, of course, I could not play the flute because I knew that the flute, the tip, could not fit into my mouth. Mm-hmm. And that teacher had no patience with me. And can you believe she failed me? And I can always remember that was in the fifth grade. And all and my other grades were like average. And that teacher failed me. But looking back, my mother tried to explain to me it was because I was in a hospital for three or four months. When I did return to school, perhaps the teacher felt I should repeat the grade. But that was a, something I'll always remember, and I think that particular teacher may not have been that fond of me because I think that it was a racial thing at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were I was the only black student in the class, and she failed me along with a little girl who was my friend. So she felt both of us. But that's the only memory I can, only thing I can remember that really, really hurt me as a child was that flute and why I, you know, why she would tell me because of a flute. But I think there may have been some racial tension there with the teacher. It probably was most likely. So let me ask you this. Let's let's fast forward into adulthood and tell us about this awesome career that you had um, as international trade specialist. Okay. As an international trade specialist, my job was to assist U.S. companies in finding representation for their products abroad. I was in charge of a program called the Agent Distributor Service. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to travel around the world seeking representatives for U.S. companies. I 
I retired as a, a retired several years ago, and I uh, continued to um, uh, work with the department and doing contract work for them in the same field. And uh, it was just an opportunity for me, and I traveled. I would have to give speeches. I, I met ambassadors. I worked closely with our embassy staff, and it was just a great, great job. Yeah, I was getting ready to say that was truly um, awesome. You had an awesome career. And I think that would also serve to show young children, especially our girls, that how beautiful your life turned out. And yes. that even though it was difficult for you in the beginning, you had a wonderful life. Yes, I did. I have had a wonderful life. And I continue. I always have a goal in mind. And at this time, I'm trying to work on a retreat for girls, for girls of color with physical differences, where hopefully they can go and share their stories and experience with others who are faced with the same adversities. I think so that I'm is just being busy and, and enjoying my life. And see, and that's what's so beautiful about it. And before we go, tell us about Change Alette, about the hearing. Okay, Change Alette. I've had, well, I've had over 25 surgeries, and they've all been uh, uh, surgeries that uh, required them to, as a matter of fact, my ear. Uh, I I do not have earlobes at all. And so, therefore, I always wanted to wear earrings. Mm -hmm. So what I did, I started wrapping wire around my ear, Mm -hmm. and I would put little beads and stuff on the wire. And then I came up with this design called the Change of Lips. And this earring wraps around your ear, and it has a clip on it where it holds it on your ear, And you could change the look by adding beads and chains or whatever. You design your own change alette. That is awesome. It's marketed to young ladies who are probably have the same problem that I may have. That they don't have here. They haven't. They don't have. They can't have their ears pierced, or they can't wear clip-on earrings or maybe they have keloids or whatever, but these earrings are designed for those who are different. Wow, that is amazing. You've, you know, you've done so many amazing things, and I, I love the idea about the earring. I think that is, that is just ideal. And you've done, you've accomplished so much. You should be extremely proud of yourself, and I know your children and your grandchildren are extremely proud of you. Oh, yes, yes, just as I am proud of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> just as much. <laughs> so I want to first, let me ask you before we, we close, if anyone is interested in buying Brendy, the girl who survived on bookmarks, or the girl with many faces, how can they purchase them? Okay, I have a website on Amazon. It's Amazon.com slash author slash brand D. 
And the okay. earrings are Etsy.com slash shop slash slash change your lips. Okay, good. Excellent. And listeners, also, if you go to our blog at NGWCC um, on WordPress, the links are also there if you um, to go purchase the books, and I'll add the link in for the uh, earring for the change of lead. And well, also, thank this, you. I'll definitely add it because that is so important. And also, if, let's say, a school or an organization would like to have you come in as a speaker and to share the Girl with Many Faces with their students, how can they contact you? They can email me at Brenda underscore Coleman zero eight at Comcast dot net. Good. Okay. That's and I will also add that in with the block piece also listeners. So add in the change of that earring and I'll put a form there that they they contact you to go directly to your email. Um, so I think, once again, listeners, this is Miss Brenda Scott Coleman, author of The Girl with Many Faces, and Brendy, a child who survived on bookmarks, and the designer of the change of and earrings. So, Miss Scott Coleman, I would like to say thank you so very much. Well, thank and, you. And also just tell you, you keep doing what you're doing and let that beautiful inner beauty of yours radiate on the outside. Because I, I believe God has definitely blessed you. You're such a beautiful soul. Oh, thank, thank you, you so very much. And thank you for having me. And I really appreciate it. Yes, same here. And, and when you do, when you get ready to do the retreats, please reach out to me. I would love to come and, and work with you and help you with the girls on your self-esteem issues as well. Oh, most because definitely. I think what you're doing is so important and you are you are the change that you know, and I always say this to everyone, be the change that you wish to see in the world. You know, quoting Gandhi and you are definitely that. And and I always talk about unique callings and your unique calling is to make sure that you help young girls overcome and learn and let them see that they can live beautiful, happy, wonderful lives. Regardless, Thank um, you. you know, any physical differences and I commend you and congratulate you and um just being such a beautiful soul. Thank you so very much. Uh, thank you. Okay, thanks again, and listeners. Once again, this is Ms. Brenda Coleman. Um, I'll put the information on our blog for both Complexity Talk Radio for Visibilities program, as well as the National Girls and Women of Color Council's blog to for con- to contact her and to purchase the earrings and the book links are already there. So, Ms. Scott Coleman, once again, thank you so very much for being a guest. Um, I will definitely keep in touch with you, and we wish you the best. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, thank you. Hold the line, please. Okay, listeners, before we close tonight, um, that was, uh, thank Ms. Scott Coleman again. It was a beautiful story. And to remind all of you to submit your essays, uh, short stories, commentaries, poems, to the National Girls and Women of Color Council's call for submissions that closes on May 31st. Information on the, it's for the anthology, Our Voices, Our Stories, Advancing, Celebrating, Embracing, and Empowering Girls and Women of Color. You can find that link on our website at ngwcc.org. And for those of you, again, once again, we have the sponsorship opened up for Visibility Talk Radio. And we thank all of you who sponsored us. 
um, who are continuing to work with us as we continue to grow. So everyone, have a wonderful week. And before I forget, this week, because it's Women's History Month, we were giving recognition to Zelda Wynn Valdez, who was an African-American fashion and costume designer. And she was actually the first black designer to open her own shop in New York, and I think it was back in 1948. And her work was so great. She designed outfits for like Dorothy Dandridge, Josephine Baker, Ella Fitzgerald, um, and Marian Anderson. If you get a chance, uh, you can look, do, conduct research on Zelda Wynn Valdez. And she was born in 1901, and she passed on in 2001. So that's our moment for Women in History Month today. Listeners, we look forward to you tuning in. Next week in our episodes, we also have coming up a colorism series, which is going to be a mini-series focusing in on colorism on, on several different areas. And we'll have awesome shows coming up at the, I believe, yes, that is next week. Two weeks from now, we'll start the colorism series. So thank you all again for tuning in. And this is Dr. Colbert, as you always, signing off for visibility. Remember Regardless of what you do in life, always define yourself for yourself and keep rising to the top. Good night, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Visibility with your host, Dr. Donna Maria Culpert. You may contact us at 866-829-0163. We're looking forward to you tuning in next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next week, remember to define yourself for yourself. Dare to be different and dream in color. This is Dr. Culpeth signing off for Visibility. Good night.